Hi, and welcome back to I Love You. I know. I'm Amanda. And I'm Kevin. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and Star Wars, but it's mostly about Star Wars. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We're uh, coming up on the holidays. It's been, uh, we had a really great weekend last weekend, and um, it's a little cold out, which I don't love, but uh, it's not gotten like fully like icy winter yet, so I'm doing great. Yeah, I don't like that you use the word yet in that sentence. I don't want any icy winter. If anything, I'm ready for summer already. Um, Anything below 50 degrees and I get a little cranky. So today, a little bit cranky. But you know what always makes me feel better? Star Wars. Always. Yes. Yes. So what are we talking about today? So Disney announced at their investor meeting this week um, 10 new shows and two new movies, sort of. Um, and we're going to go through and sort of break them down, talk about how we feel about all of the amazing upcoming Star Wars content that we have to look forward to. Right. And just in case anyone isn't current on The Mandalorian, stop listening to this podcast and get yourself current so that there are no spoilers for you. There, Where we're talking right now, there is one episode left in season two. So if you are not to uh, the second to last episode of season two wait until uh the weekend to listen to this podcast yeah are we are we doing mandalorian spoilers well pr- not exactly but it may possibly trickle in based yeah. on some of the released content from disney oh, okay yeah that's a good point i'm just good trying point. to be thoughtful a yeah. holiday gift to our listeners there you go yeah. Nice. that's great i was just I'm, I'm just happy to know that that mandalorian spoilers are on the table and that i don't have to hold back well, just today. No, I mean, we'll we'll talk about Mandalorian Season 2 and all of its glory uh, sometime in the very near future. But I, I want to get to uh, the final episode of Season 2 before we have that conversation. Yeah, fair enough. Me too. I'm really excited about that. I can't believe we have to wait a whole another, what, four days? Um, I don't now. know. What is today? Monday? Is it Monday? Wednesday? Monday? It's Monday. I think it's Monday. Yeah, no, we, we've got some time. All right. One of, one of my buddies at work today actually ended a meeting by saying, Happy Wednesday. Really? Yeah, he did not realize it was Monday. Well, we have talked about this whole pandemic has led to a misunderstanding as to the passage of time and uh, just weird general feeling about how time moves and how we move through the universe with it. So I can see how every day is Wednesday. We've talked about that before. Yep, every day is Wednesday. But in this instance, it's Monday. So let's talk Star Wars. Great. Uh, Do you want to do these in any particular order? No, just go for it. Okay, so on the list that I have in front of me, the first one is called Visions. And what's this one about? So Visions, I believe, is going to be a series of animated shorts about the Star Wars universe by Japan's top animation studios. Okay. So there's a little bit of precedent for this. Before the show of The Clone Wars, there was a... I guess you'd almost call it a movie. It was a two two box DVD set called Clone Wars that was done in the style of a famous um, whose name I don't recall, but a famous uh, Japanese anime artist, and it was very popular. Um, and then most of its story was overridden by the show we know as the Clone Wars. Um, but it's a very distinctive style, and it's something that some Star Wars fans have wished to see more of. Um, I'm not I'm not really sure what the motivation here is. Could just be a market thing, right? Um, you know, basically something targeting a non-American market. I'm really not sure. It's it's it is probably the one that is the furthest out there from the rest of the 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 slate. So I'm not really sure what they're going for here. And, and maybe it's to like draw in more of the people who are not expanding into the comic book series. 
And so, you know, if you can kind of get behind this, then maybe it's a gateway to, you know, getting into the comics and expanding in that direction. I, I personally have never really, like, felt a connection towards that type of animation, but, you know, we, we might check it out. Sure. Um, okay, great. Uh, the second one on the list is called Lando. Yes. That's literally everything that I know about it. It's called Lando. So we don't know what age Lando. We don't know if it's animated. We don't know if it's live action. What do we know about it? I think Any we, of that? I think we know that it's live action. Um, I don't know which time period. There was some concept art shown during the launch event that uh, seemed to show the Millennium Falcon with the escape pod intact. So that would imply that it's during that this takes place in the time neighborhood around or before solo um and so it's probably the donald glover version of lando rather than the billy d williams version of lando which would kind of make sense billy d's a little on an age and doing a story that takes place none of these take place after rise of skywalker so it seems like that's a time period that they're not quite ready to explore yet and so I would have to wager that this is a look back at Lando either before the solo incident or immediately after. I would love to see more of Donald Glover's version of Lando. I I think that he did such a good job capturing just like the essence of what we wanted Lando to be in his youth. And I would totally be there for more of that. Yeah. And again, I haven't seen a confirmation that Donald Glover has been cast, but there's been no cast confirmation, just a speculation on the timeline. But yeah, I think any really any more Lando content is welcome from really any time period. But I think that would be a really interesting time to see him. Right. And at the end of Rise of Skywalker, we, we kind of get like a glimpse into maybe Lando uh, planted his seed, so to speak. And, and so maybe we might see some of his potential ladies and, uh, you know, friends that uh, had baby Landos. Yeah. I mean, he explicitly says in Rise of Skywalker that he had been married, that his wife was killed by the First Order and their children were conscripted. So... We know that that happened at some point between Return of the Jedi and the, you know, the sequel trilogy. But yeah, I would imagine that we would probably see a few more uh, of what he does in that cape closet, you know, when all three's uh, not around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm so, there for that. Either way, I think it's going to be fascinating and I'm there for that. Okay, the next one on the list is called Andor. And we talked about being interested in this before, and I distinctly remember you were like, I don't really need any more Cassian Andor content. And I was like, no, we totally need a lot more because we need to see him really push the envelope. Yeah, and this looks like this is going to be Disney's kind of pushing the envelope series where it is going to be around sort of the grittier side of the rebellion. This is going to be Cassian Andor pre Uh, Rogue One and the things that he does for the rebellion that maybe by the end of his life he's not very proud of but also proud of but you know some of the some yeah some of probably the grittier side of of the rebellion Um, you know once again as we pointed out before the less gritty side is the part where Luke Skywalker kills like a million Imperials in one shot but this is like more personal yeah and And I think that, you know, like intentionally planning on betrayal and acting as a spy just brings that like level of 
personal commitment and emotional lack of well-being I guess to to the character and to the storyline that that's where it's you know a lot more than you know just shooting a target and you know blowing up a Death Star yeah um and this one has been confirmed to star um I can't remember the name of the actor now but the the guy who played Cassian Andor in Rogue One as well as um Mon Mothma will have a um a starring role in the show as kind of his, you know, his sort of controller or in her position at the head of the rebellion anyway. Um, they have named uh, an actress who's playing Mon Mothma uh, for that role. So it, so those are sort of the two kind of uh, name drops that they've done as far as characters go. Uh, and then what the rest of the cast is going to look like and, you know, what style, um, you know, is going to be a serial like The Mandalorian or is it going to be story-based or what's it going to be is, uh, is all yet to be determined. Interesting. And I think that if we weren't talking about shows to be released by Disney, if we were talking about maybe like HBO picking one of these up, I would want to see something involving Saw Gerrera. But I, I think that from what we know, we will probably if we only see Saw in, in and or it'll be, you know, on a one off episode, probably because I, I think his character might be too gritty. Um, you know, kind of what we see from him in Rogue One and then kind of where we left off with him in uh, Clone Wars and then again meet up with him in Rebels. We, we know he, he can't have his own TV show. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you could do a live action Saw Gerrera show and especially on Disney Plus and have it pass. I think that I think the way they got away with that was by doing him in animation and then, you know, having him like torture a Geonosian and stuff like that, um, which I mean... His his episodes in Rebels and Clone Wars were pretty dark. Yeah, totally. So it would be like a, a Game of Thrones kind of situation yeah. if he did have his own show. So I think if we have any cameos from him, it'll be few and far between. Yeah, I agree. Um, now I could see, and you know, Cassian being somewhat sympathetic to him, or at least you know, sort of his ends justify the means um, way of going about uh, the rebellion. So I could I could see there being some cameos from him. Um, and I imagine Forrest Whitaker is always up for up for a, a thing. So, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, we weren't really expecting a lot of cameos in The Mandalorian, and then we've gotten all the, the goodies that we've gotten. So uh, who knows, right? Yeah, it could happen. So, uh, Speaking of The Mandalorian, next up in the list is Mandalorian Season 3, which is exciting because there's going to be a Mandalorian Season 3. Yes, because while we're still waiting for season two to come to its hopefully glorious conclusion, um, season three means that there's a lot more storyline that we get to see unfold that we haven't seen happen yet. And there's there's so much that we still need to unpack. Yeah. And and the one, you know, the the one piece of rumor that I've heard about season three, a lot of the the characters from season two are still going to be around for season three. Um which which ones I won't say just to prevent anybody who is listening and hasn't seen the last episode of season two. No, no speculation spoilers. But um, I think that there's still a lot of plot to be had in that. The other really interesting thing about the Mandalorian season three is that two of the next two shows we're going to talk about both take place during the same timeline as the Mandalorian. So they're basically using the Mandalorian as sort of a set piece for a new kind of time epoch in Star Wars, 
right? Because we have sort of the New Hope time. We have the prequel trilogy time. We have like the sort of between trilogy time when we have Rogue One. We have the Clone Wars. We have the sequel trilogies. We now have like the Mandalorian timeline, as a lot of people have been calling it, which sort of sits in the middle there. Uh, and addresses a whole bunch of interesting uh, interesting things. So we've got two additional shows that are going to take place in the same timeline, and there are rumors already circulating that at least two of them and possibly all three of them are going to culminate a season in a crossover crossover event. And I think that, you know, we were talking about this the other day that kind of before it got like overplayed, but like the first time they did it on the CW with like the Flash and Arrow and what was it? Uh, maybe Supergirl. Yeah. And then what was the other one? Um, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. When, when they did the crossover, the first time they did that, it was just like really shockingly good. And maybe because we have a lower bar for the CW and those particular programs in general, but it was a really good time. So imagine with the... Uh, you know, thought and money and fan base that Star Wars brings and, you know, the the directors and the writers and, and just kind of having someone hopefully at the helm of all of these controlling the storyline instead of having different, you know, directors and producers for everything that don't talk to each other and live in silos, we could have a really cool crossover event. Yeah. And they have not specifically announced that there's going to be a, like a single showrunner for all this, but Favreau and Filoni are involved at least in the Mandalorian timeline stuff and are going to consult on a lot of these other properties. So the next one that takes place in that same timeline is called Rangers of the New Republic. And what do we know about the Rangers here? We know that it's a live action. We know that it takes place during the, the timeline of the Mandalorian. We don't know a lot more than that. They were very cagey about it, but the rumors and the and the the best guess is that this is going to follow um, Cara Dune, and this is where we're going to hit a Mandalorian spoiler. During season two of the Mandalorian, Cara Dune is made a marshal of the New Republic, um, and it is likely that she's going to team up with. It's possible that she's going to team up with um, another. A female character from that from the same season um, as some sort of duo or possibly she's going to team up with those two x-wing pilots um, or something new altogether but there does seem to be some intent to have some female focused shows and um, this is one the next one we'll talk about is another one um, but it's possible that there's going to be like a woman duo running this show as the rangers of the new republic but it's almost certainly going to center on cardoon yeah and i i think that that would be good because we can't see her in every episode of the Mandalorian and I think she's a really strong character and she's got a really good backstory and she's got something to prove and I also think that her go forward story can kind of tell a little bit about why the New Republic is not a success. So. Yeah, I think that's right. Um and and that's already we're already kind of seeing the edges of that and this would certainly touch on you know, the conversion from the Empire to the First Order. It was something that we were originally promised as part of the Mandalorian was to see how the First Order rose. And so far, all we've seen is, is a lot of Imperial Remnant. We haven't seen a lot of the rise of the First Order or how the New Republic allows that to happen. Um, and so I think that this this show will probably dip into that a little bit more. Um, and then, you know, I'm not really sure what she's going to be up to Um or, or if that's even what the plot is. But the Rangers of the New Republic sure sounds like, you know, some sort of uh, a more space Western kind of uh, kind of genre. 
um, but in a, a little bit more of like from the law enforcement front instead of the the like the lone gunman front. Yeah, I, I'm ready for it. When does that come out? I don't have dates for a lot of these. The the and, and the just... list I have in front of me, and they they didn't provide dates for a lot of them. I think the mo the most this the earliest one is I think uh, Lando is I I want to say is sometime uh, er, in 22. I think Andor is going to be early in 22. They're already shooting it right now. Um, and then a couple of the other ones, I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of these in 21. Um, but there are a couple that, that, that I think they said are, are probably going to come out in 21. Yeah. And once again, 2020 and the pandemic have kind of ruined a few things. And I imagine trying to coordinate filming schedules and, and get people together. It certainly hasn't really helped the case. That's right. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm frankly surprised at how many of these are, are, they're actually going to do as live action because of that. It would be much simpler to do a lot of these as animated and then let the uh, voice actors record their lines independently or on, you know, on zooms and things um, and then animate them in. It's, it's much, it's much simpler to do uh, that remotely than, um, than to do, you know, obviously live action studio. Yeah. But think about it this way. Like how hard did you have to convince me to watch Clone Wars and Rebels? Like you really pushed on me for a couple of years and I love Star Wars as evidenced by this podcast we've been doing for almost a year. But you know, I was just kind of like, I don't really want to watch a cartoon. So imagine all the people that are watching the Mandalorian now that, aren't watching Clone Wars or Rebels. And, and I mean, we, we're still even struggling. We're not watching um, Resistance, you know? So, like, I would imagine to put in the creative effort and not get the, you know, turnaround from the, the fan base because they invested in yet another cartoon. Like, wh- why would Disney waste such good content? Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you know, they put together that um, that that awesome studio that they shot The Mandalorian on. They're going to use that for a lot of these movies and a few other uh, properties have licensed that technology as well. And so, yeah, I mean, even that that makes it a lot simpler to 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 you know shoot some of these shows. And so, yeah, I I think you're right. So uh, the next one that will take place in the same Mandalorian timeline is called Ahsoka. Yes. Yeah. So much yes. Yes. And this will, contrary to some early rumors, will be live action. Rosario Dawson will reprise her role as Ahsoka. Um, the plot is not entirely clear, but I think we got a hint of probably the quest that she's on um, in season two of The Mandalorian when you know she um, is lo- she's looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, which lines up with you know the end of Rebels, where um, she was you know where Ezra and Thrawn. Uh, you know, go off into space together with the with the Pergils, and you know she comes back out of her cave on uh, Malachor to try to find Ezra. Uh, I guess she's looking for Thrawn to use that him to find Ezra. Um, that's probably what this is about. But this is one of the three. This Rangers and the Mandalorian are all going to probably converge in a in a uh, crossover. Right, which means that. Hopefully this season, because I would like to see her again, um, she can get that staff back from Din Djarin because the next time we see her in Rebels, she's got a staff. That's right. Now, her staff is white with a circle on top and his is a spear, but I could see that being somehow reforged 
into her staff. Yeah, and and it, it that her appearance in that opened up a lot of questions to the epilogue of Rebels. It, it, did that take place before or after we saw her? Conventional wisdom right now is that epilogue takes place after, which if is true, then it means that she has not gone back to get Sabine yet. Um, but it's entirely possible that where we saw her in the Mandalorian, like that episode, that epilogue of Rebels kind of falls between the last time we see her and the next time we see her. Um, and so my, I hope that she's running around with Sabine, but if she's flying solo, that's okay too, I suppose. Yeah, I think that there's a, a fan base to see her with Sabine, or at least a little bit more, um, having Sabine pop in and out, not just Ahsoka by herself. And especially like with the commitment that we were talking about earlier about Disney wanting to invest in strong female leads, like bringing Sabine into this would be really good. Because otherwise, it's one woman questing to find a man. Like, we, we don't need that, so... Yeah, I'll, yes. Though it's not like her to find a man. It's her finding. It's her rescuing the the mansel in distress. I like that the mansel in distress. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Did you just think of that? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, and so if that's the story, that's a nice little kind of gender flip. But um, I would like to see her buddied up with another woman as well. Yeah, I, I would too. And I I think that she's been alone for so long that. She also could benefit from some companionship. Just it's good for the soul. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and and of course, having um, another kind of classic Mandalorian character fit into that whole story. So, you know, seeing Bo-Katan, Sabine, the Darksaber, Ahsoka, Din Djarin, Grogu all together. That'd be something. That would be a good time. I'm there for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, jumping out of that timeline a little bit, uh, the next, the next property is called the Bad Batch. I don't, I just can't say I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm not either. This is animated. It will be animated at the quality and style of season seven of, uh, Clone Wars. It will sort of continue the story of the Bad Batch. Um, they released a trailer for it. It's not been really all that clear if, um... You know, the Bad Batch are following Order 66. Do they have their chips? Are they with the growing empire? Are they against the growing empire? Are they just, is this just them going and doing missions? Um, it's not really clear what this is about, but it seems like it's going to be, you know, it feels like it's going to be one of those tedious shows where every problem requires one or more of the superpowers of the Bad Batch to solve it. Like it's, you know, like uh, Nightboat, the the Simpsons joke about uh, a, a, a fictional show where, you know, the the one of the characters is a robotic boat and therefore every criminal for some reason operates on the water. Yeah, and I think that there's probably going to be a big, tie-in to sell children's toys something like that and, and also this allows disney being that it's going to be animated to release it sooner than later like we were talking about before that this is a, the borderline throwaway content that they don't have to you know really worry about truly disrupting the the storylines that they think are probably going to make them the most amount of money and this will you know attract younger viewers and then you know folks like us that are just going to be committed to watching star wars content almost no matter what they'll get us to there yeah i think you're right and i mean yeah you could you could easily see them selling action figures and all sorts of other things and costumes and clothes and and everything of the 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 five bad batch guys and then um 
yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be easy. I'm pretty sure that and uh, and I think Ahsoka are both supposed to come out in 21. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think you're right on all those points. I'm not super psyched about it. I'm probably we'll probably watch it. I think the reason we're not watching Resistance is that the the style and the and the personality is pretty juvenile. But I think this is going to be pretty serious and will at least be a decent watch. But uh, it, it, it has a lot of risk of being tedious. Yeah, and I would say, what was it, the four episodes? Were there four episodes of Bad Batch? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those were tedious in season seven of The Clone Wars. It, it it wasn't. I mean, they told a story, and we watched that story, and then we watched it again, but we didn't watch it a third time. So when we, like, watched season seven again, we just skipped past The Bad Batch. That's so. true, yeah. And so, yeah, well, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. What else you got? Um, uh, let's do another one I'm not psyched about, and then one that I am. Um, a droid story. Um, wh- what are we talking about here? Is this going to be a series, a mini series? I a- think it's a mini series, and I think it's animated. And the plot is that it's like C three PO and R two D two teaching life lessons to a new hero droid that will like be a player in the future or something is this gonna be like in your tgif style family sitcom where you get the like tender-hearted music at the like 20th minute into the episode where you you learn a family lesson and then at the end there's like a funny freeze frame shot yes so i think what this is probably going to be is targeted at the youngest demographic of this i think that this is going to be there to sell more toys at galaxy's edge Right, because you're you're probably gonna bump into you're gonna have your one hero droid, and then you're also gonna have like encounters with a lot of droids. But it's gonna be very droid focused, and so I could see this being a thing where people are gonna you know kids are gonna want to go and build their their favorite droids from this at the droid shop at Galaxy's Edge. And can't you already build droids at Galaxy's Edge? You can, but this would give them like new targets to to do, and Collect then they them could, all. yeah, something like that. And they could even sell these at Target and Walmart and, and those kind of places too, right? So I, I I think this is like a merch play, um, and it's more C three PO content, which I'm not, I don't know. We need C three PO content like we need Jar Jar Binks content. I was we just, do I not was thinking need the it. Sa- I was thinking the same thing. Like if there was like the Jar Jar variety hour, I'm I'm sure I would feel about the same way about it. Oh God, no! <laughs> that's a terrible idea for a show. We used to think that's pretty funny. No. <laughs> what else you got? Um. Okay. Last TV show. Last but not least, and probably the soonest to come out, I believe, is called Kenobi. Actually, it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi is the working title now. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. So much yes. Cannot wait for this one. Wish it had come out in 2020. I agree. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably a miniseries at this point. Maybe as few as four episodes. Like four 30-minute episodes or four like hour-long episodes? I, I think four hour-long episodes. Okay, that's fine. Which may be enough to tell the story, right? Um, confirmed is, uh, Ewan McGregor, of course, will be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hayden Christensen is signed on to play some sort of Darth Vader role. And they have billed it as the rematch of all time, which I find really suspicious is probably the wrong word. I don't understand it because by the, by the time you would have a rematch, Vader is in 
the suit. So I'm not sure what Hayden would have anything to do with that because he wasn't the guy in the suit. Um, and so I, and I, I just, I'm not sure how that works, but Hayden Christensen is definitely on as Darth Vader. Right. And maybe it's like force visions because you know how we have those like weird connections through the force with Ray and Kylo Ren. Maybe he can reprise it that way. And he project his like astral force projection is him outside of the suit. Um, cause otherwise I don't know why we need Hayden Christensen. We just need a dude in a suit and James Earl Jones. That's right. So I'm not sure about that. The other name that I have heard associated with that project is Tamora Morrison, who is, uh, Django Fett and the clones, um, potentially playing another adversary of Obi-Wan, um, maybe commander Cody who failed to kill him during episode two. Um, and you know, potentially some other kind of Jedi hunters or episode proto- Episode two or episode three, you mean? Episode three. Okay, sorry. sorry. my bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In episode three, he Cody failed to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there are also going to be maybe some proto-inquisitors or some other Jedi hunters. I think the interesting thing that I hadn't thought about before this was that at this point, no one has confirmed that Obi-Wan is dead, right? The last time, you know, any of the Imperials saw him, he was defeating Darth Vader on Mustafar, and then he got away. Um, and so, you know, where Yoda also, they know, you know, probably got away, but may have fallen out of the bottom of the Senate building. Um, they There's no evidence that Obi-Wan's dead. So conceivably, Darth Vader and the Emperor will be looking for him until such time as he can fake his own death. So I would presume that it's going to tell that story, but I don't know. Yeah, and that's kind of why I think that a mini series would be sufficient is that if there was a like multiple season series where we see Obi-Wan have these adventures, he would call far too much attention to himself. And the whole point is he's supposed to be out there on Tatooine keeping a low profile protecting baby Luke. So, yes. Um Though, once again, I ha- I, I'm forced to point out by my own pedantic brain that sending Luke back to the planet that his father was from using the same last name and living right down the, down the desert from a guy who only changes his first name is known as Old Kenobi. <laughs> Seems, hey, this little baby pops up out of nowhere named Skywalker living with the Owens, not, not their last name. No, it's Uncle Owen. Or, I'm for- sorry, uh... uh Krieg. Krieg Lars, the Lars family. Sorry. Yeah. The Skywalker kids living with the Larses down the street from Kenobi, and nobody seems to notice that these names have like run into each other in the past. Yeah, but it's the Outer Rim. They don't really pay attention. But it's Tatooine. It's where Anakin's from. Yeah, and he does have a special attachment there. So, yeah, you're right. It just doesn't track. Like, yeah. it, it's a really poorly uh, conceived crime. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that bad because it worked, but... It does work, but it only works because apparently everyone else is really foolish. Yes. Yeah. So I, I bet that there's going to be some kind of diversion and distraction that we're going to see that will throw the Empire off of the Tatooine. Yeah. Trail. Yeah. I think that's right. Um, So that sort of rounds out the TV shows that are going to that are gonna come out. And all of these, they said, are going to be released within the next three years, most of them within the next two years. Though again, exact dates are 
are pending. So what do you think of that before we jump into the two movies that were announced? What do you think of that that slate of content? Is there, oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. There's one more show. All right. It's called The Acolyte. Yes. And this one we were talking about quite a bit that we don't really know what it's going to be, but we're really interested in what it is. Yes. The um, the one description that they gave is that this is going to be some sort of mystery series that takes place during the High Republic. So the High Republic is a new timeline that's been introduced that is uh, several hundred years before episode one. So before the, the, the Republic starts to crumble. So this is the height of the Jedi at the height of their power. The Sith are, you know, underground and hiding. Um, so pre-Plagueis. Pre-Plagueis, yeah. Uh, Yoda is alive and, you know, a member of the of the Jedi. Um, very ornate lightsabers, a much more kind of, um, you know, a lot more gold-colored things. The, the Jedi are a lot less monk-like and much more kind of flamboyant and seem like they're, they're really at the height of their power and influence. Um, the Republic is flourishing, not a lot of crime, interesting to see what the Jedi are actually up to. And it would appear just from the logo, the logo is in sort of a, a red fiery looking color with what appears to be a lightsaber cut across it. So we're guessing that there's going to be some like pop up of a dark Jedi of some sort, but not a Sith because it's they've they've really been kind of clear that they don't want to introduce the Sith into the High Republic time. And that that's consistent with Yoda and the Jedi Council saying that the Sith have been dead for like 5000 years. So this would be some sort of maybe a fallen Jedi or maybe something else. Um, but um, yeah, not a lot known, but it's a nice introduction to this new time period. And I think that's what we really need is that we need to go back in time because we know where we started we know where we end and trying to like jam a whole bunch of stuff in between 25 years you know from like battle of endor to you know like meeting ray i i think that it's it's really good to get to go back a couple hundred years it's a borderline clean slate obviously people like you and me and other star wars fans are, are gonna have some attention to detail they're gonna want to see uh, made, but I, I think this is this is going to be a really cool show. Yeah, and this is a whole crossover product line that Disney's doing, where they've already got novels, uh, comics, uh, and some other properties planned. Um, a friend of mine gave me a book uh, of uh, lightsaber styles, and there are already a couple of High Republic lightsabers in that book. So it's um, it's canon. It's part of Disney's plan. And um, and it's something that they're thinking about, I think, I hope, at sort of a, a kind of a Marvel plan scale uh, for this whole High Republic project. So I'm excited to see where they're going with that. Very cool. All right. That now is all the TV shows. Yeah, we've got a lot of TV to watch in the next three years. We do. Um, do you feel like there's anything missing that you wanted to see? Or is there anything? I mean, you know, they've kind of hit on a couple different time periods, a couple different styles, a little bit of diversity. Um, you know, we've got some, you know, female-led shows. Lando is almost certainly going to be a, a, you know, a minority-led show, obviously. Lando, um, we got a show about droids. We got a show about misfit clones. Is there anything that, that you, any stories that you were hoping for that you didn't see there? Um, I don't know if we would actually need this one to be a like full-blown TV show series. Maybe it could be a mini series. Maybe it could be a movie. 
Um, but I would love to see something that, you know, kind of focuses on a non-force-wielding family in the galaxy far, far away and what what their lives are like. Like, we, we see in the Outer Rim, we, we see, you know, the, the slave-owning on Tatooine. We see um, in season seven of the Clone Wars, we see um, the Martez sisters living kind of like real tough life on Coruscant but I'd like to see what is it for like the average family like and and, you know was it really as bad as we believe it was how were they caught in the middle of all this fighting you know that that kind of thing I, I I would really like to see that story told um and I think that it could be done uh and it could be done in a, a movie, a mini series. It doesn't have to be a, like a multi-season show. And, you know, it could also give us an opportunity to see some like real love interest relationships where there's some depth to the relationship. Whereas like it, it's kind of forced, you know, the the Luke Leia Han triangle that, you know, turns into Leia and Han. Um, and after that, like the kyle ren slash ben and ray relationship that one's really messed up and totally forced but there's not a lot of like relationships and i think it would be kind of cool to see what that is like when you don't have to throw in the force or actual day-to-day battle yeah i think that would be really interesting almost like um yeah not like not quite a sitcom but like like a like a like a romance drama slash like everyday like friends but on you know, on um, Naboo. Yeah, like a dramedy, maybe. Like a dramedy. Yeah, I think the one thing that we don't see a lot of, and and I can totally understand why, because it's it's difficult to it would be difficult to make one of these. But there's nothing that focuses on non-human or non-like humanoid. I know Ahsoka is is a, a Togruta, but but really all of these shows sort of focus mostly on humans. Um, and so I, I would be interested to see the same show, but like. Maybe maybe and you know, maybe it's every episode or something on a different planet. So like what's what's day to day life on Kashyyyk and what's day to day life on Mount Calamari and what's day to day life on Naboo versus Tatooine versus Nel Hutta versus what was it like on Jeddah before the Empire came, right? And so, you know, just sort of like vignettes from like everyday places, but not in the scope of battle, but in the in the scope of what they are, but taking into account some like kind of non-human relationships. You know, we've got the the frog people thing in um, in Mandalorian. I would almost like to see a little bit more of that. Completely agree. And not I think so much the frog people, but, you know, no, they, they seemed fairly straightforward. I, I think we got enough frog people content in uh, Mando here. But no, I, I think that would actually track with a lot of the shows that um, are, are kind of popular right now on, on Netflix, um, where you see like characters kind of weave in and out of different circles and how they all interact. And, and I think that that kind of idea could be a good way to tell a bunch of stories. And I would be there for that. Yeah. The other thing, and I don't know if uh, this is going to be in any of the movies, so I apologize if it is, but I would love to see Mandalore pre-Duchess Satine. Yeah, yeah. And we don't have any confirmation of that, but yeah, I would like to see that as well. Kind of like the true warrior Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool because because it's talked about and they're talked about as such fierce warriors and this and that, whatever. But we never really see it. We always see them as underdogs. 
Yeah, and, and we don't really understand how all the clans come together, how all the infighting um, is really what requires Duchess Satine to decide to take that pacifist approach and kind of like turn her back on the history of the great Mandalorian warrior. So I would like to see that story told in some way. And I think it could be told in a movie. I think that might be the best way to tell it. Yeah, I could also see that be intersecting with the uh, High Republic era because during the time of the High Republic was kind of the height of Mandalorian power as well. And so you could easily see, and that's pretty far pre uh, Satine, but you could see there may be some clashes between Jedi and Mandalorians in that time or the Jedi trying to keep the Mandalorians from being conquerors or something because they are kind of aggressors in the galaxy around that time period. So wouldn't we also see the dark saber then too? Uh, potentially though it, it's not really clear when the dark saber was recovered from the Jedi temple because for a long time, the dark saber was after the death of, um, the, the Vizsla that created it. Um, it was kept in the Jedi Temple sort of as a monument to that Mandalorian until another Mandalorian was to come to the Jedi Temple, which never happened. And so we might see it. We might not. It depends. They never really I've never really heard when that was taken back to Mandalore from the Jedi Temple. So we've got some flexibility there. We, we could yeah. incorporate it. That would Absolutely. be cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. More Darksaber content would be great for me. But yeah. So we got movies. We've got movies. So there's two movies. So one is called Rogue Squadron. Yes. And yes, you've seen my bookshelf when we cleaned out long ago some number of of Star Wars novels. I kept, I believe, 12 or 13 of the Rogue Squadron series. There's a lot of content to choose from. Um, Everything from, you know, what happens sort of between the two Death Stars to... um, you know, the 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 New Republic taking Coruscant to the expansion of the New Republic to the Imperial Remnants. A um, lot of lot of things to choose from. Wedge Antilles is the star. Uh, I'm ready for it. I think that'll be so cool because now we're going to be looking at people that truly believe in the cause that it, it's going to be cool special effects. It's, you know, not really any force wielders but people kind of clinging to uh the religion that is the force like i I think it's gonna be kind of cool yeah i think so too and it's gonna be probably you know rogue one was a huge success on the grounds that it was a much more kind of it was a less there were there was really no force wielding in there and it was a it was kind of a, a traditional war movie sort of situation um that really, really worked in the Star Wars universe. I think this has the potential to have a similar vibe, but but taken in a whole different direction because it's fighter pilots. It's basically Top Gun in Star Wars, but not so campy. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be really cool because like, I, I think that, you know, like you said, Rogue One is kind of a, a war movie and it's, you know, the, the Battle of Normandy. Well, there was a whole battle that happened, you know, like not on the land too. So to kind of learn more about the folks involved in those types of fights, I I think that would be really cool. Yeah. It's also going to be directed by the same woman who directed Wonder Woman 84. Um, So this is going to be another uh, woman-led production. And um, she, her father was a fighter pilot. And so she's always wanted to do a fighter movie. 
but she's also always wanted to do a Star Wars movie. And so this is a very kind of John Favreau, Dave Filoni. She's a true Star Wars fan and also a fighter jock fan and is now going to be able to make the Star Wars fighter jock movie. Um, and so you've got a very passionate person in both subject areas who's already had some success in this sort of, um, you know, comic fantasy genre um, with the Wonder Woman movies that I think is going to translate really well. That's awesome. Looking forward to that. Yep. Also looking forward to Wonder Woman 84. When does that come out? Christmas Day. Oh. Not in, uh, is it in theaters? I don't know is if it's in theaters. Is this part of that but... whole like HBO releasing everything in the theaters and everything on their channel at the same time thing? Yes. Um, oh. Yeah. And so it's going to be available for streaming on Christmas Day. Huh. All right. Keep going. Okay. Last one. And, and this is the, um, the least, last and least information we have. Uh, untitled Takia Watiti film. I don't know what that means. So Taki Watiti is the director who was who did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two. He also plays Korg, the big rock guy, um, and he's a he's a New Zealand guy. He's done a few other famous movies recently, but he is I think he's also done an episode or two of The Mandalorian. So he's been just sort of all over the place, but really really funny, um, weird sense of humor. Um, you know, a very Guardians of the Galaxy e sense of humor. He's going to do a Star Wars movie. The only thing that we have, like, is the image that they released with it is sort of, imagine, uh, like, a very He-Man style, like, kind of a stone logo in aqua blue with a pink background. No idea if that has anything to do with anything or that's just the image people are using because it seems very Taiki Watiti. Um, but, uh, yeah. So... Yes, I'm excited, but more I'm confused, and I want them to tell us more. Fair enough. I would say this. Did you like episode eight and the way that Ryan Johnson went with the franchise? No, absolutely not. This guy is the opposite stylistically of Ryan Johnson. All right. Sign me up. I'm in. I think so. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be really interesting. I think it's going to have a very different... It is like episode eight is probably going to have a very different feel than a lot of other Star Wars movies, but it looks like it's not going to be a trilogy yet. Uh, what time period it's going to be in unknown, but you could see something a little, probably a little more in the, in sort of the lighthearted solo direction, but, but even like a little bit goofier, but also with probably some deeper meaning. Oh, you know whose story I would love to see told? Hmm. You don't know? You don't think he could do a Hondo movie? Oh, he could do a Hondo movie. I would love watching that. He would totally do a Hondo movie. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah, I would be, I would be in for that. Yeah, yeah, that would be a delightful romp. It would be a delightful romp. And you could end it after one movie or you could leave it hanging for more adventures. I like that a lot. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this that we've been talking about, uh, again, um, Star Wars leaves us hanging when it comes to relationships. So I, I think that uh, we're, we're going to have to look uh, at each other for that and um, wait for Disney Plus to just dazzle us with uh, the force and special effects and good storytelling. All right. Well, that is the slate of content. 
Um, we'll see how much of this comes true, but they announced it again on investor day in a fairly confident manner that makes me believe that they intend to make all these shows. So, well, I, I mean, without getting into all of the, you know, securities acts and such, uh, there's significant sec implications. If you announce these types of things that your investor calls and don't deliver. So, um, for fear of litigation, uh, my guess is Disney's going to deliver. I think so. It's not like they don't have the resources. Um, they don't have the fan base. They don't have the viewers. Uh, Disney Plus is rolling, so why not fill it with content? Yeah, no, we're, we're there for that. For sure. I love you. I know.